Welcome back to the next episode in Game Time with Gannon. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the Boston Celtics offseason and preseason thoughts and what I expect for the season to come. We're going to be talking about the New England Patriots 2-3 and three start, what stood out, what can improve, and what to expect uh, in the year. We're going to also discuss my Super Bowl predictions and my MVP predictions for the NFL season. We're also going to take a turn and go into baseball, and we're going to talk about the MLB because the postseason has started. And I'm going to talk about the predictions for the World Series and what I expect to happen during the postseason. And I'm going to also talk a little bit about my Boston Red Sox and explain to you guys why I think the Red Sox have a legitimate shot at winning the World Series this year. Let's dive right into it. We are going to talk about the Boston Celtics offseason and preseason and what I've thought so far with the new head coach, new players. So first and foremost, there was a lot of change um, coming into the season. New head coach, new entire coaching staff, traded away a lot of players, traded for a lot of players, signed some new players. But overall, I'd give the Boston Celtics, my personal grade would be B+, high B+, low A-. minus. Um, I think that losing Kemba kind of hurts the fan base and just who he was as a person and an individual. But I do think that he was very injury prone. I think that contract was horrible for us down the road. Um, gave us no type of flexibility. Um, it also ruled out a lot of like potential targets and potential free agents. And I just think that the fit wasn't what we thought it would be. But I think that's another um, what if added on to you know Kyrie, Gordon Hayward. There's a lot of what ifs. But I think that this year, I think um, the rain will go to JB and JT. I think they deserve it. I think they deserve all the shots. All I, I feel like this is what we've been needing for a while is just letting it be known like, hey, this is, this is their team. You guys got to play off them. You got to figure out ways to score, ways to make it easier for them, make it easier for you. But uh, yeah, I think that the depth that this team has is crucial. And I think it's going to come in great use come playoff time. You know, we've lacked a lot of depth the past couple years. I think that we've had players that shouldn't be as high as they were in the roles that we were giving them. Um, but I think that Brad Stevens as a GM started off as good as you possibly could think for someone being a head coach for most of their career and then just jumping straight into that GM role. I think he did a great job. Um, I think that his move getting Horford back was huge because he played so well with rookie Tatum and second-year JB, and I just think that he's a great fit. He's a guy that knows his role. He's a veteran. Um, you can never go wrong with a vet, especially someone that has been in our system for a while and known our system. I think that Josh Richardson was a sneaky good signing for sure, or a good trade, I should say. Um Giving up Moses Brown, who we didn't really know he had a career night against the Celtics, ironically, but I think that he's still young, and I think that we our bigs were kind of packed, and I don't see him, didn't see him at least, um, having a role on this team or carving out any type of role. I think that center position is locked for Rob, um, and I think there's no way 
no possible chance that any center coming in could take any type of uh, minutes from Rob, especially with that extension showing that we have confidence, we have faith in him to stay healthy and be the player that we know he's going to be. Um, I think that Hernan Gomez is also a good filler. We've always liked that four position that can spread the floor, um, rebound, get after it. We've had players like that, but we've always lacked it just depth-wise coming off the bench. And uh, I think that he'll be a great uh, you know, fit for this team. I think it's another person who knows his role well. Um, I think that all the guys that we signed or traded for, you know, really know their role, especially on this team. And I know that they're willing to do whatever it takes to win, just hearing what they talked about media day and seeing the first two preseason games. And I think overall, best signing, without a doubt, Dennis Schroeder. I know he got a lot of hate for turning down that deal, which he did say that was never offered to him. Like, it was never in front of him on paper. But I think that Dennis is going to have an incredible season. Um, I don't know his role yet. I want to say six men, which I think would fit him well. Um, but that's when he had his best years, and OKC was when he was a six man. But I also just think that overall that fit with L.A. was just not a good fit, starting or not. But And then we also got Cancer back, who everyone knows he's horrible on the defensive end, but... He is a beast on the offensive boards, and he's a great interior force. So I think that he won't play every night, but I definitely think that um, there'll be nights when there's mismatches and Cantor will come in and just exploit those, and I think it will be huge. So going into the preseason, I didn't know what the starting lineup was going to be, and it started out as kind of what everything everyone thought it would be. You know, Rob at the five, smart, Brown, Tatum. But then they threw in Hernan Gomez, which was kind of, it was like, why is he starting? Why Why is this our fifth starter? But if you think about it, that lineup, I don't think that'll be the opening day lineup, but that lineup could add so much more depth on the bench because then it doesn't force you to start Richardson, Schroeder, Horford. So that's already three people, arguably starters on a lot of teams in the NBA. But then you still have guys like Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Langford, all coming off the bench, which is huge because those players finally uh, playing in the summer league got their confidence back and just have been growing as players. So it's a good sight to see. I think that lineup worked out well. I think the spacing for that lineup is huge because Rob, you know, is a lob threat. But then Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Hernan Gomez all can uh, shoot the ball. So I think that lineup was huge. And I think it could be a potential lineup, but I don't see it going through with opening day. I know that um, we were experimenting with a lot of our lineups because the next game we started Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Rob still. But then the four was actually Horford. Well, it wasn't Brown because Brown got COVID, but that would be would have been the lineup. Um, but I think that, you know, it was just – that lineup going forward, once Brown gets all the way through with quarantine and all that, that smart Brown, Tatum, Horford, Rob lineup should be the starting lineup. I know that it might force Cancer into a role, which could be a plus, could be a minus. You don't really know because of how he's going to be on def the defensive side of the ball. But I do think that that lineup 
should be the go-to lineup. And if not that one, my first lineup that I ever thought about when seeing this team put together, I was thinking Smart, Richardson, Brown, Tatum, and Rob, because then Horford can come off the bench. I think Richardson is a good defender to put in that backcourt with Marcus Smart already, who's an all-defensive player. And then still off the bench, you'd have Dennis Schroeder, Aaron Neesmith, Payne Pritchard, Romeo Langford, Hernan Gomez, Ennis Cantor, Grant Williams. Just a lot of depth, and it can go a long way uh, to this team. And it's going to be the difference in a lot of games because you don't necessarily always have people who should be starters coming off the bench. Um, a lot of That's what a lot of teams lack, and you see that come postseason time when there's injuries. You see who makes it the farthest because of who has depth, who has players that can come in and make a spark. I think that's what the Celtics have this year. Um, the roster isn't finalized, but we have a solid 13, I would say, that are going to make the team. I think that's Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford, Rob, Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Lankford, Ennis Cantor, Hernan Gomez, and Grant Williams. I think those last two spots are a toss-up, and it can go a lot of different ways. The last people competing for those two spots is Jabari Parker, Bruno Fernando, Sam Hosser, a two-way contract, Theo Pinson, Garrison Matthews, Archie Diacono, and Jawan Morgan. So right off the bat, I think Jawan Morgan is not going to make the roster just because of injuries. He's been hurt, hasn't played. Um, I think that there's still a chance that he can get our last two-way, but I don't see him making the roster. Um... I don't see Archie Diacono making that roster. I just think we have too many guards um, on this team to even get a t- any type of playing time for him. I know he probably wouldn't play because he's a 14-15 man. But if they do go that route in getting guard depth, I think that Sam Hosser would be the one on that 14th spot. And then pro- I, if they want to go guards, I'd probably choose between Theo Pinson and Garrison Matthews. I personally would choose Theo Pinson just because he's always been that locker room guy. And you always see him, whether it was on New York last year or Brooklyn the year before, he was always standing, always cheering. I think that's what this team needs. And I think they've shown good chemistry. But that's just from an outside perspective. If they did go a kind of big man route, um, one person that I really, really want to make this team is Jabari Parker. So I think those last two spots could be Jabari Parker and Bruno Fernando. I think Bruno Fernando had a great summer league, and he's just a high-energy type of guy. And I think that that's what this team could need. You know, you never know who can who gets hurt, uh, who needs rest, whatever the case may be. I think Bruno Fernando could be huge, gets after it on both ends of the floor, runs the rim well. Um, but it's just they have a lot of options. I, I can't give the true answer of what I think, but – I think that my personal, you know, what I would want is that 14th man to be Jabari Parker, and I'd go 15th man Theo Pinson. Um, I think Garrison Matthews is a good shooter, but I'm just looking for more team chemistry, more uh, high spirit players. Like Theo Pinson knows that, hey, I'm not going to play every night if not any night, but I'm going to go out there. I'm going to still support. I'm going to still give these guys uh, advice. I'm going to still help them out. Maybe they missed something. They didn't see something, but I saw it. I though I think those guys are 
almost uh, necessary, especially in the NBA. And I think this team's potential is very slept on. I see us as a, I want to say the ceiling, three or four, probably four. Um, And I want to say the floor is probably six, seven, depending on how well the East plays. I think the East is stacked this year. I think there's it's going to be a lot more competitive than people think, but it's also a lot more wide open because you never know um, what could happen. You saw Kyrie get hurt, Harden get hurt last year, and the Bucks made it all the way. But And then also with Kyrie uh, not being able to play in home games as of right now, uh, it's going to be huge because come postseason time, Instead of going up against the three-headed monster, going up against KD and Harden, obviously still not an easy task, but kind of lessens uh, your worries on one player. You can kind of game plan more on uh, just those two, but anything can happen in the East. I think that with the new head coach and our new scheme, what we've been doing on the defensive side, switching everything, it's kind of iffy, but I think this team is very versatile. I think that some of our bigs can cover um, some of the guards, it's also help side, but I see that were, we're still working out some kinks, uh, switching everything. It's not really an easy adjustment compared to what we've been doing the years before. I know that Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Rob all, you know, have played in that system of Brad Stevens, so they're kind of still trying to learn this new system, and then the new guys are just trying to fit in and also learn the new system, so I don't see the Celtics starting off Right away on fire, I see it's going to take some time. But from the first two preseason games, I like what I've seen so far out of everyone. Um, they really, uh, especially JB in that first game, I thought he played extremely well, was the be- best player on that floor. And then the second preseason game, I know Tatum had 29-7, and seven, I think it was, almost a triple-double. But he looked good reading uh, who was open out of the double teams. And I think that he's just grown. He's growing every year. And I think this team is going to help him because it can space the floor. There's shooters around him. And there's people that are willing to play off him and let him do his thing and then do anything in their power to help him. So overall, great offseason. I think it's going to be a great season. I think there's going to be a lot of critics out there already. But I think that we're going to shock the world. And I think the Celtics are going to have one of their best seasons uh, in a very long time, but we'll see. And I think that JT, this is coming first from this podcast. Jason Tatum will be in the top five of MV- MVP votings this year. Marcus Smart will make all first team on the defensive side. And Jalen Brown will make all NBA third team. This is coming first on this podcast. And once the season ends, all of that will be true, 100% guarantee it. We are going to be talking about the New England Patriots 2-3 and three start to the season, what to expect going forward, and what has stood out so far. I think that Mac Jones has played exceptional. I think that there's still room for improvement like there always is. I think that he has a strong supporting cast around him, but I just think that there's still something that we're doing to prevent him from being the true and like full player that he is and I think that's us restricting him throwing it down the field there's been a lot of times where you know we just run the ball or it's these little dump offs or screens I think that we got to give Mac the entire keys I think we got to let him throw the ball 
a lot more than he has been. I think that there's a ton of playmakers on the field that can get open. And the past couple games, we've been finding the tight ends more, especially Hunter Henry. And I think that it's benefited us quite well. And I think that's what we need to stick to going forward because those tight ends are two top top 10 tight ends in the league. And I think that they can be difference makers going forward for sure. Um, I think that the defense has been very, very inconsistent. Um, There's just a lot of things that they are doing wrong. And I think that one missing piece was Gilmore, but with the trade to Carolina, um, obviously JC has to step up. I never was really sure of JC being a corner uh, CB1, but he has no choice now. Um, I think that Jalen Mills has played well on the opposing side. Um, I think that Judon has arguably been our best player overall, but definitely on the defensive side for sure. He's had an incredible season. He's always getting pressure on the quarterback. I think he's at sits at five and a half sacks now, which is second in the league. Um, I just think that he's a huge playmaker on the defensive side, something we've been lacking. But I think that our linebackers could be better. Van Noy is not that good in coverage, and he's been exploited a couple times. I think that Hightower has a lot of improvement. I think that Juwan Bentley arguably has been our best linebacker this year. Um, I think the addition of Jamie Collins again will be huge down the line. But it's just about being consistent, putting the pieces together, because it just doesn't make sense how – give up 28 points to the Saints offense without Michael Thomas just getting torched by Alvin Kamara to giving up only 19 points to that high-powered Bucks offense and then giving up 22 points to the Houston Texans who got 40-balled and put up a donut against Buffalo. I know Buffalo has a great defense, but that offense in Houston with Davis Mills is just not good. So that we made them look like an actual competitive football team yesterday which shouldn't have happened that game should not have been as close as it was um there's a lot of improvement there's a lot of things that need to be fixed a lot of things that need to be uh, adjusted but I think that we have the right guy and Bill Belichick always makes adjustments um I think on the offensive side I think Damian Harris has had some bright spots but overall has struggled and I want to say that's partially him partially our offensive line I think that Kendrick Bourne has been arguably one of our best receivers besides Jacoby Myers, which everyone knew he was going to be solid going into the year. But I think Kendrick Bourne being the sneaky pickup that he was is proving it already. Um, you know, we talked about Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Everyone knows what they're capable of finally getting the ball more. Um, it's going to be the difference going down the road in the season. Um, I think that Nikhil Harry is still Nikhil Harry. Um just doesn't fit this team. He doesn't play well. I think that Nelson Aguilar has had some good moments, has some bad moments. Um, he just doesn't really get targeted as much as he was the first couple weeks. But with a lot of weapons like that, you can't expect one person to be target heavy. Got to spread the ball out, which I think that will help us um, in the future, is spreading the ball out, making sure everyone gets touches because it keeps the defense on their toes. One thing that I did notice was in the Bucks game, we ran a lot of the hurry-up offense, and it was actually working out. I think that going away from that, 
kind of hurts us seeing that it worked, especially against Tampa Bay with their front seven. It was huge because they always were sending blitzes, trying to get pressure on Mac and constantly moving up and down the field, running uh, quick routes, then getting up to the line, snapping the ball again. I think that was huge against a team like that. And I think that we can exploit a lot of teams with that hurry up offense. So I think that's something that we should continue doing. I don't know if we necessarily will. It might have just been a game plan because of how elite uh, the Bucks front seven is. But there's a lot of question marks. And I think going forward, a lot of the pieces are going to fall into place. And I think we'll play a lot better. We do have a tough couple of games coming up. We got the Cowboys next week. And then the week after, the Jets, which is should be a win. Should be. Then we got the Chargers who have been playing lights out. We got Carolina and their pretty loaded defense and basically a Stephon Gilmore revenge game incoming. Then we got Cleveland, which should be another tough game for Mac because of how well Cleveland's defense uh, has been playing. And then should be two wins after that with Atlanta and Tennessee. And then we got Buffalo, which is going to be a huge game. Division games are always huge, but it's clear to see Buffalo is the best team in our division. And if we can pull out some of these wins and beat Buffalo, we could potentially have the tiebreaker over them or make it into that wild card spot. After Buffalo, we play Indy. Should be another win. Buffalo again, which is another huge, crucial game. And then we got Jacksonville, which should be a win. And Miami, which should be a win, just like how the first week should have been a win. But you never really know. Overall, I think that the defense is something that is holding us back because of how inconsistent they have been. Um, I think that the offensive line needs to improve, and I think the offense is going to be a work in progress regardless because it's a rookie quarterback with an entirely new team, entirely new coach, entirely new offense. There's a lot of new players. Um it's just going to take some time, and that's the growing pains of having a rookie as a quarterback. Do I think Mac has been their best rookie quarterback? 100%. There's no questions asked. Um, definitely been better than Zach Wilson. Definitely been better than Trevor Lawrence. And Trey Lance finally got a start, but I still think that he's played better than Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. And I also think that he's played better than Justin Fields, too. But... We're only five games in. Anything could happen. But I do still see us sneaking into the playoffs. We've had a lot more positives than negatives, in my opinion. Um, even though we have three losses, two of those losses have been by one point and two points. Um, both competitive games, both winnable games. I think that those little things will come along the way. And I think this team has a very, very bright future with Mac Jones. And I think that once this season is wrapped up, there will be a lot of people saying that Mac Jones was the best quarterback in this draft. Um, And he'll prove it. He's already proved it so far, but he's going to build off that and prove it some more. Now, looking forward, Super Bowl predictions. I think that the AFC is as wide open as it can be. I think that Kansas City has struggled horribly. I think that a lot of teams have realized that, and a lot of teams have been playing well. Um, 
you got the Bills sitting at four and one, Baltimore three and one, Cincy three and two, which has been a surprise. Cleveland three and two, Tennessee three and two, and the Chargers four and one, Denver three and two, and the Raiders three and two. No one would have predicted that Kansas City would be at the bottom of their division to start this year. But I also do think the NFC is just as competitive. Teams like the Cowboys, the Packers, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Rams. There's just a ton of teams, and it's a very competitive year. My prediction for the Super Bowl, as of week five, I got to go with Buffalo and Tampa Bay. I think that Tampa Bay come postseason time is just going to be unbeatable like they always have been, uh, especially with Tom Brady. I think the Cardinals' hot start will cool off eventually. Um, but their defense, I don't think their defense can hold up against, you know, teams like the Bucks. For sure, the Bucks. Um, you never know what can happen. They did beat the Rams, which was I personally didn't have them winning that game, but that was kind of like this team's legit moment. I do think that the Bucks overall are better, but I have Bucks Bills uh, in the Super Bowl, Bucks winning, and then. But I do see every team being super competitive come postseason time and it's going to be exciting to watch and watch it all unfold throughout the season and as of right now I kind of have a two-headed monster race of the MVP I'm kind of torn on who to pick I don't necessarily know but my two people are Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray I think both of them have played extremely well um especially Justin Herbert pulling off tough wins against Cleveland and Kansas City. But even Kyler has tough wins, like I said earlier, against L.A. And he's just dug deep and played extremely well with the weapons that he has. I think that both of them will continue this campaign that they're going on. But I think that Kyler ultimately ends up winning MVP this year. And I feel like Justin Herbert will finish second. But overall, this NFL season so far has been super exciting, super competitive. And I'm excited to see what is in store for us later on. The last and final segment we're going to be talking about is the MLB postseason. Postseason baseball is one of the best playoff sports that there is, without a doubt. Everyone's tuned in. Um, I think that it's very, uh, very competitive this year, more than people think. Had a lot of teams hitting the 100-win mark. You had wildcard teams sitting at 105 wins. You had wildcard teams sitting at 90 wins. It was just crazy, crazy stuff this year. Um, Personally, you guys probably know all Boston fans, so I am a Red Sox fan. Red Sox currently are up 2-1 against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Looking to close it out tonight in Boston on Marathon Day. I think that This is going to be a crazy, crazy game. I do see us upsetting the Rays and winning this game. Um, I think that Eduardo Rodriguez was starting, but I think Sale is available to come out of the bullpen. And I think that we win this game. The crowd's going to be electric tonight. I think that we have proved almost everybody, everybody in baseball wrong. Um, I think that a lot of people had us at 500, below 500, just down there like with the Orioles in our division. But now we're one game away from advancing to the next round in the postseason, upsetting the Tampa Bay Rays. It's just crazy to watch, 
crazy to watch. No one expected the Boston Red Sox to be here. No one expected us to be up 2-1 against the Rays. But I think it's doable, and I think this team has potential. I think that we have a lot of players that just contribute night in and night out. You have the All-Stars with Rafael Devers and Alexander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez. But then you have players like Alex Verdugo, Bobby Dahlbeck, Hunter Renfro, Kiki Hernandez, Christian Vasquez, just a ton of players that are super underrated, put the ball in play, they get on base. It's just, it's crazy to see. And I think that the Boston Red Sox will make the World Series. No bias. I think this is 100% doable. I think that it's kind of like a Cinderella run. Um, I think that a lot of people didn't expect this and a lot of people didn't see it coming, but I think it's doable and I think it's going to happen. But I do see the Red Sox winning this series against Tampa. I do see Houston beating the White Sox. I'm kind of torn between the Dodgers and the Giants. I got the uh, the Braves winning this series for sure. Um, but I want to say San Francisco wins this. I think that it's going to be a competitive series. I think it goes all five games, but I think San Francisco wins. So going into the championships, I got San Francisco versus Atlanta, and then I got Houston versus Boston. Now, I think that Houston is an incredible team. They always have been, regardless of the cheating allegations. I think that they're stacked. They're star-powered. They hit the ball well. They can pitch. They got everything that you need in a winning ball club. But I do see the Red Sox upsetting the Rays as well and going on to the World Series to face the San Francisco Giants. Um, With that being said, I do have the Red Sox beating the Giants. It might be a little biased, but I just think I've seen so much from this team throughout the year. Whenever the odds have been against us, we've come back, proved them wrong. We've had a ton of comeback wins. Our bullpen has actually been pretty solid this year, which is something that we've lacked. Our starting pitchers have pitched well. Nate Evaldi, Chris Sale coming back. And I just think that a lot of people don't expect this from a team, you know, a team like the Dodgers, the Yankees, just always constantly trading, always constantly signing players, just loaded teams. Sometimes having too much star power ends up coming back to hurt you in the end. And I think this is a case of it because obviously we beat the Yankees in the wild card. Um, Everyone was like, oh, Yankees coming out the AL, you know, trading for Rizzo and Gallo at the trade deadline. And it's just, but it's the same every year. The Yankees always will make big moves and end up coming up short. The Dodgers finally broke that spell last year and uh, got through that. But I think that the Boston Red Sox will be World Series champs this year. And I think we have an exciting postseason with no sweeps so far in the division series. It's a good start. A lot of games will be competitive. And the Braves actually just won their game, so they are up 2-1. So we got 2-1 Atlanta, 1-1 San Francisco and L.A. We got 2-1 Houston. That game is actually postponed today. Um, And then we got 2-1 Boston. So all these games are looking very, very competitive, very exciting series. Postseason baseball is as electric as it gets, and I don't think it's going to get any better than that. And I think that one of the best postseasons will be played this off this uh, month. And I think that the Boston Red Sox will be crowned World Series champs when that time comes. 
So come two two bold predictions on this podcast. First with the Celtics, then with the Red Sox. So come back when all this is said and done and say that you first heard it from this podcast. This is going to wrap up the fifth episode of Game Time with Gannon. We're going to aim for new episodes every Monday. So stay on the lookout for that. We are going to be constantly talking about sports, news, um, just everything going on, especially with the NBA season coming up. So there will be a lot more to talk about. Um, But yeah, I appreciate anybody who has listened or tuned in. And stay tuned for next week for the next episode.